Welcome to Virtual Summit Success. I'm Jen, founder of Virtual Summit Search, and you're in the right place if you want to make the most of your Virtual Summit experience, whether you're a host or a Virtual Summit speaker. Let's get going with your next step to Virtual Summit Success. Last week, we talked a little bit about how podcasts and summits work together, so let's explore some more ways that summits and podcasts work together. If you are a summit host or thinking about hosting a summit, starting a podcast can be a game changer for your business and your summits. Here's some of what our fantastic speakers from Sell with a Summit Speaker Edition want you to know about hosting a summit and podcast. Okay, so Nicole, why do you feel like it's so important for podcasters to have a plan before launching their summit? Well, I mean, if you have no plan, you go nowhere, honestly, <laughs> and you go nowhere fast. It's it's so easy to just, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this and not really realize that you have to get them somewhere, right? There has to be a reason. They need to go with you on the journey that you're trying to take them on. And it's so easy with summits to think, oh, okay, I'm going to do this topic and I'm going to do this topic and I'm going to do this topic. And then you're like, wait, okay, what was the meaning of this? What was I trying to do? <laughs> And oftentimes you, you, you kind of go someplace that you don't get to where you want them to go. So you have to have that plan before you start. You have to have a plan going forward. And a bonus tip, uh, one of my uh, colleagues, what she did um, was she actually, um, she's a podcaster. All her speakers from her summit are on her podcast. So she's got like 20 episodes <laughs> that she created, which is like insane, but she's got 20 episodes because people still want to hear from your speakers. So they can kind of get more of a taste um, on the, on the podcast. And she says something like, um, Hey, if you want to hear more from this particular speaker, they're going to be on the podcast coming up take a listen. So it drives people to the podcast, especially if you're thinking about like, I need to make more audio of an audience for my podcast. What are a couple of ways that you'd say a summit can make a big impact on a podcaster's visibility with that definition in mind? Absolutely. The nice thing about guesting on a summit, like I'm doing right now, is you're able to usually talk to the show host or have a 20 to 30 minute presentation. You're able to dive deep into one aspect that you really know and love. And the great thing is that the audience feels that the audience usually has much more of a instant connection to you on a summit than they do on a podcast. They can see you, they can interact with you. They're here to learn one specific thing that really grows the trust. And so they're excited to take the next step with you. What are some ways that a podcaster can leverage their summit hosting experience to get even bigger visibility and publicity opportunities both before and afterward the summit is over? In terms of publicity opportunities, I think what's really great is if you are hosting your own show and if you've just hosted your first virtual summit, you're usually able to connect with some higher profile guests, um, especially if you can pitch it correctly. And what's nice about that is that you're then able to leverage that into, okay, do I want my first TV appearance? Do I want my first publication? Do I want to be featured on this dream podcast that I've been drooling over for a couple of years? And you can actually customize the fact that you've been this authority with podcasting and your virtual summit inside of your pitch. 
and being sure to also include this, especially if you don't necessarily have a brand video yet, taking pieces of you hosting these two things and putting it into a nice brand video that lives on your press page, using the logo from not only your show, but your summit on your press page. A lot of people feel like, well, I've never been on anything. There's nothing to pull from. Well, pull from your own stuff for now. People don't really necessarily care what the logo is. They just want to see a logo. They want to know that you've been featured somewhere. So just pull from your own arsenal and then customize that in your pitch, especially in your mini bio to showcase what you have been an authority in. And that can really increase your ability to book that press, especially after your summit. What are some other ways that it's important for podcasters to have a plan for developing those connections? Why is it so important for them? It's important because of that trust factor. That's what you're trying to build. So um, if I don't trust what you are saying and not and you're not talking to me directly, why should I care what you're saying? You know, through your podcast, a relationship gets built because you are speaking from your heart and that's the way you're going to connect to people. So trust then of course leads to credibility. The platform that you've created, your podcast, will then showcase your whole thought leadership and what you are all about. So people want to hear you, not just read you, read the words that you've created. They wanna hear what you have to say. And then that final piece of influence, you know, once you have the trust and the credibility, then you can start influencing people to grow your own brand or business or whatever your podcast is going to lead you towards. So influential people, podcasters inspire change. And now that you've created this inspiration, you've got raving fans that will take action based on almost every word that you have to say. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I know I definitely take action on a lot of the podcasts that I listen to. So that is definitely important when it yeah, comes to you that. trust you trust their word, right? Mm -hmm. You trust what they're saying and you know they're credible. So why not do what they say. <laughs> Since interviews are a fantastic way to build that relationship with your guests, what would you say a couple of ways are that a host, whether it's podcast or summit, can continue building those relationships after the interview is over? Okay. So you're going to see me do this. <laughs> I'm telling you ahead of time. Normally it would be a, like a nice surprise, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you ahead of time. And this is something that and you know, our attendees right now can totally steal and use this. But after our interview, not right after, it'll be like a day after, I'll email you and I will say, hey, that was a really great interview, which it is totally genuine here. And I'll say, is there anything that you need? Like, is there anything that I could be a resource to you for this event? Like, is there anything else you need? Um, and usually the response is no, but sometimes you do, it, it, like it opens a door, a very um, genuine door to saying, you know what? Yeah, um, I'm still needing somebody to talk about this topic. I haven't found the right person yet. Like maybe I know someone that I could refer to you, right? Um, and actually that did happen two or three times after my last summit. I had a couple of people email me like, hey, that was really great. Um, I have a friend who would be fantastic at this topic. I noticed it was on your summit registration page and you don't have like, the speaker picture there yet? Do you have anyone yet? Like I know someone and that was just amazing to me. Like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. One step you can do right now, even if you're like, oh, I'm not quite ready to host my summit. Oh, I'm not quite ready to launch my podcast or mm, I've always done solo episodes. I'm not quite ready. If you're not quite ready, that is okay. Right. But what you can do right now 
is you can go ahead and start creating some relationships with people who you might want to bring onto your podcast or people you might want to bring onto your summit someday. Go ahead and start those now because relationships that are genuinely built are going to be so much stronger and so much more authentic when you are ready for that event for yourself. So wherever, you know, wherever um, people in similar spaces to you are hanging out online, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Facebook, whatever, go ahead and start building some relationships, start commenting on what they're saying, right? Um, you could, you could even DM them for nothing more than to say, hey, I'm, I'm in a similar space. It's really interesting what you're doing. Like, just start a little relationship there. Krista, can you share one thing you want someone to do when choosing a podcast or summit topic? Just start brainstorming for now. Once you have an audience that you feel like is a good fit, then you can move into the rest of the action steps. So how to actually do it, start with your existing audience, use them as a starting point. If you target an audience like online business owners, creative business owners, women, moms, professionals, you need to get more specific, even if it is more specific than your podcast audience. So you're going to break that down into smaller groups next. So for example, if you're targeting, I don't know, creative business owners, maybe you have photographers, coaches, designers, I don't know, all of those different subsets are different groups you could break your audience down into and then choose the group that you feel like you can help the most. So if there's a group you resonate with the most, maybe there's a group that tends to respond best to your marketing or purchase your offers more often, though that's a perfect group to start with. That doesn't mean you can't come back and host a summit for another one later, but it gives you a good starting point and that is your summit's audience. What would be a specific action step that a podcaster should take right away to make the most out of their new summit subscribers after the summit's over so they can kind of nurture them and get them excited about the podcast and everything else they have to offer? Excellent. So it would be literally like what we had just talked about. Plan out those next three emails. Make sure that one of them is more of a transitional email where it's like, hey, so you enjoyed the summit again to say its name, reminded of this thing. You're going to want to make sure that you're listening to name of your brand new podcast, where we're going to help you do avoid half. Those are usually fun sentence starters to use. And we're going to talk about this. And then if you already have your podcast episodes up and ready to go, those emails that we had talked about, the mistake ones, the story ones, those sorts of things. Instead, it can just be about the topics that your podcast are going to be about. So definitely have those three weeks worth of emails. So that way you've got that downtime done, written. They're not going to take you that long because you know that being on your list is a privilege because you are always thinking to yourself, how is, I hate using this term because it's thrown around a lot, but how is this of service? What are you going to help them avoid? Where are you going to help them accomplish? And then just go with it. Where would you say that a summit falls into the podcast listener journey and how can podcasters make most of that kind of experience? Oh, I love that. I think that a summit, so just to give everyone an overview of the customer journey as I teach it, there's a, a stranger, they start off as a stranger, everybody does, and then they move into what's called your audience. So they're still kind of in the outer court, they're still kind of checking you out. Maybe they've, they've listened to one episode, but they haven't really fully subscribed. Maybe they're on your Instagram and they follow you and they double tap every once in a while, but you're, you're not like on your notifications list or anything like that. And maybe they've even joined your email list, but you're not moved to primary. They don't really care whether or not they miss your emails, all of those. And then they move to the prospect status. This is now when 
you're one of maybe three to five options that they're really considering to solve whatever problem you solve. And they're trying to figure out whether you're the best person Mm -hmm. to solve their problem. And so this is really where you want to connect with them on a deeper level, share some more stories, testimonials, show more of your expertise so that they can make the right decision for themselves. And then they move into the customer status. This is where they've raised their hand and they've said, you won, you're, you're Miss America. <laughs> we crowned you and you're the person that we've decided is going to solve our problem. And at that point, your job is to make sure that their problem actually gets solved mm-hmm. and that they achieve the goals for what they paid for, essentially. Um, but even after that, once their problem gets solved, what you've inadvertently done is given them more problems to solve. Yep. Because <laughs> they move from one set of problems to like, a new set of problems. And, and really that's just life, right? There's never going to be a time where it's just like, oh, my problems are solved. I'm just at home, just really living my best life. It just doesn't happen. And so what happens is once they become customers and you've helped them with their goals and they can tie that success back to you and your genius, they become fans. And so they look back and they say, okay, well, now I have all these new problems obviously I'm going to come to you because you're a genius at solving all my problems. How do we work together even more? And then designing solutions for them at that status and that level is what keeps you relevant on a continual basis and actually extends your customer lifetime value. So all of the elements of the customer journey, stranger, audience, prospect, customer, fan, or ambassador. Um, And so for a summit, It's pretty unique because um, it helps highlight your ambassadors and it helps bring your audience closer so that they can become prospects for you. So it has kind of as as a podcaster, it has kind of a dual thing to it. There you have it. There are so many reasons why podcasts and summits work together so well, and we'll get into more of them next week. For now, think about how a podcast could impact your summit. If you start the podcast before your summit, you can start building an audience that already loves to listen to you. If you launch your podcast through your summit, you have somewhere for your attendees to continue their journey with you. Whichever way you decide to do it, podcasts are an amazing way to complement your summit strategy. Hey, just hopping in real quick. If you are ready to host a summit or have already hosted one and want to get more out of the months of work you put into your summit, jump over to evergreensummits.com. I put together a free audio training that you can take on the go. Okay, now back to your regularly scheduled programming. Thanks for listening to Virtual Summit Success. Don't forget to leave a review and let others know your biggest takeaways from this episode. Every review helps others find us, and the more successful virtual summits there are, the more new tips we'll have to share with you. For show notes, links, and other resources, go to virtualsummitsuccess.live.